This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday week. Five friends, one football club. And about six jokes they just repeat over and over and over and over and over. Um, good evening once again and welcome to, um, welcome to I, I, I would call it a lockdown live. Welcome to another episode of uh, the Wednesday week, TWW Lockdown Live. Uh, we're talking about Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, tonight we've got Ben, Vic, Steve and Dave. And joining us down there in the corner, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a big round of applause for right Sheffield re- long-suffering uh, writer for the Athletic uh, Sheffield Wednesday correspondent, Miss Nancy Frost. Is it Miss? Sorry, I. Uh, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, I didn't yeah, check this... your nouns, then, did I? <laughs> no, you're you're right. That's it. All right, uh, pro- pronouns. I can't remember. I don't know if, the, if that's the right word. It's not no. even a pronoun. I didn't even, didn't even check your uh, adjective. Nancy, thanks a lot for uh, for joining us uh, on the show. Now, uh, yesterday was a uh, relatively largest day in terms of uh, Sheffield Wednesday and, and things to write about. Uh, because I mean, you've had fuck all to write about all season, haven't you, Nancy? Quite right. And you know, obviously, I wasn't on the day off yesterday, so um, it just sailed through my day off uninterrupted. No, um, yeah, we've only been waiting for nine and a half months, so you know. <laughs> Do you um, reckon we're going to get in more trouble for the delay? Did we hit the deadline? Did we get an extension because COVID and or anything like that? I mean, how's it going? Uh, what's the what's the plan? I think they got the extension that they could get. I, I said nine and a half months there. It should have been, I think it's seven and a half. But anyway, uh, they got the extension that they could for that. So they will have probably had to pay a fine. Um, I don't think it's very much though. It's like two three thousand pounds or something which in the grand scheme of things at a championship club isn't all that much and then um you can let it roll on for so long on that and then you get a winding up notice which normally like you know makes everyone spring into action and either sort the accounts out or not so um now that they're out then that's fine and then the next lot are due in july so yeah my question on this is uh, i feel is a pertinent one do you know what I mean? Now, I am a, you know, let, let's, for all intents and purposes, let's say I'm a financial guy. You know what I mean? I'm in charge of a P&L for, let's say, a championship football club. Do you know what I mean? And I have literally one job, is to put together the P&L for a football club. 
What's the fucking hold-up? That's a good question. Sorry, I don't know. Terrible, I think it? with this one, I think the hold-up has been with them moving the stadium sale from last year to, or, well, not even last year, but you know, like last year accounts to this one. Um, so they'll have had to have presumably done a bit of um, shifting things around on the spreadsheet. But um, a, a PL is a live document, isn't it? Like, you know what I mean? You go, well, you know, I've, I've, just, yeah. I've just paid that, so I've put it on the spreadsheet. <laughs> I, I don't know what you know, and and deleting seven numbers from one column, you know, twenty eighteen, and putting seven figures in uh, twenty nineteen ain't exactly a day's work that you have to invoice for, is it? Do, do, do you know what I mean? Do you feel what, what I'm getting at is, do you feel that Chan series, you know, involvement and his tentacles in every single aspect of the club, which is clearly holding us back commercially and 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 in, and in the marketing, do you reckon that that's held it up a bit? Uh, it's a good question, actually. I haven't really thought about it like obviously it's it's probably not something that will come as a surprise to to say that he is involved in a lot of things that you know in a, in a great level of detail um I think if you speak to anyone that works at the club you know that that becomes apparent but um yeah I haven't really thought about the sort of account side of things I mean I guess it is a bit baffling why it's taking so long I don't really especially after we got in trouble for it last year yeah yeah um <laughs> they made the accounting year two months longer last time to try and get the stadium thing in but mm-hmm. beyond that I don't really I'll be honest like of all the things that I have to do with Wednesday the accounts is like the thing that makes me think oh great like when it drops in because I'm not really a numbers person so um but yeah I don't really know why it would take that long because you know yeah what's, what's he doing all right go on then Ben yeah. Ben will have done some homework he's got some pertinent questions <laughs> I just wanted to know you know what's the finance guy doing has he got his head up his ass or what are we paying this geezer are we paying him by the hour I mean what's he doing Go on, ben. Well, I think with what we've said, that Chancery does have that depth of involvement into most things that that happen at the club, that, that could possibly be a reason for that. I mean, £19.1 million profit, but £38 million is from the stadium. So, in theory, it is a, another £19.1 million loss. Um, so... It, to me, it's not too worrying in the sense that all the one one point the the 1.3 part of the, the accounts, the going concern or something, um, because Chan Series said, you know, that'll be paid. He's, he's given his word that he'll pay it. But as I said, I thought just before we, we come on air, it, for me as a fan, it's a bit worrying that we're relying on Chancery, albeit he's the owner, to put extra money into the club to keep it alive. It's not, it's not sustainable. It's not funding itself, which I know not many Championship clubs will be doing. But nineteen. I, I listened to um, Kieran Maguire yesterday. I think it was, yeah, he I don't tried know to what dissect it, didn't he? Yeah, and he said that most clubs in the Championship are being funded by their owner, and nobody's really got that level of income, and that just shows you how corrupt football is at the moment, and how how much of a mess it is. But they were saying about getting the wage bill down. And obviously, Nancy, you'll know about the comings and goings of people more than we do, because I've just given up caring now, to be honest. Um, But they were saying that by bringing the wage bill down by X amount of million, you know, they're now just in the top six paying out in the championship. But surely, after all this, if everyone's skin, you're not going to be able to go to any club and command 32 grand a week, Jordan Rhodes, are you? Surely all clubs are going to have to trim the fat now and... 
I, not that I don't I don't mind that he earns thirty two thousand pounds a week, and I don't like to mention it very often and how much it costs us per goal. But <laughs> I, surely most clubs now are going to be in a position where they're just not going to be paying that money. So where are players going to go? Are they going to go off to Celtic or are they going to go to the continent? It. It's been a worldwide thing, hasn't it? So is it just going to change football? I think you'll see like. Well, it was a bit of a problem in the summer, and that's where you see people like Andre Greenlaw getting picked up for six months. Because um, originally, I think Wednesday were in talks with him or approached him in the summer, and at that time, I think he was still, or his people were still asking for something similar to what he was on at Villa, which was I'm led to believe like quite a good contract for someone of his age. Um, and so maybe six months out of the game makes you maybe reassess how much you are willing to pay for each week. Um, but equally, yeah, I, I think you're going to see a lot of clubs that just will just start standing up to, to agents and players a bit more. Like if this is the time to reform the game a bit, it, it makes sense, you know. Um, either that or, I don't know, if I was Jordan Rose, I'd be like looking to go overseas, maybe MLS or... Saudi Arabia no, or probably, somewhere like that. Yeah, yeah. Like he's probably still got a good one or two championship seasons in him if he gets the right service, maybe. Or uh, right don't, don't, don't give me the right <laughs> service chat with Jordan Rose down to We've been saying we've been peddling that for about five years now. He <laughs> could surprise been... us. He might have a forty-goal season up his sleeve again. You know he's going. Yeah. You know he's going to have a, jo- a, a Lucas Yao season with somebody else, don't you? <laughs> you know he'll, that's going to happen. He'll go back to Huddersfield and do it. Yeah, he will. You can see that happening. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but just on wages though, like there is the talk of the salary cap coming in and it, I could see that being a thing which would hamper us with a lot of the, I can't imagine Barry Bannon signed a new contract that's 10, what is it like 10 grand a week the salary cap they're thinking of. I can't imagine that's going to be that so that could soon change. You know? Yeah, I think it was two and a half million in League One. I don't know if that was for the season or something but they've got rid of that. I do. They've got a thing. I'm writing a piece, I'll probably go up at the end of the week, actually. On um, is this an exclusive? Is no, <laughs> it's not a very exciting one. It's financial again, but um, financial exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> on like how much it costs Wednesday if they get relegated, what it means being in League One. Oh, um, that's interesting. So essentially, um, seven to eight million straight off, like from one day to the next, you'd lose. That's the drop, and it's basically all the TV deal, um, like the. They get these solidarity payments from the Premier League. Um, presumably, like the Premier League, just trying to bung some money down to the EFL and feeling less guilty about the, the billions that they're getting. I've got a theory here, Nancy, right? If we're going to lose TV money, yeah. is it time to bring back Danny Baker's goals and gaffes? Because we could make <laughs> a, like a, a box set just from this year. Just Wednesday, yeah. I mean, Nick, yeah. Nick surely that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Baker's own goals and gaps. I love that. I've still got them all at my mother's. Right, Ben, Ben, you were probably too young to remember. I'm, right, I'm, I'm going to explain this to you because it sounds <laughs> mental. Right? Imagine buying a, a pre DVD, you know, a tangible thing that you put in a machine mm-hmm. uh, with literally just goals on it. Right? That's what we buy each other at Christmas. Just, just a 90 minute video. Of just goals. And Danny Baker going, oh. Yeah. Hey, what got, you got on I've there? Got that, just I've goals. got that Ian Wright one. I've got that Ian Wright one. Did anyone know? Oh, mate, they, they were rife every Christmas. And then the year after, they think it's all over uh, 
Nick Hancock could be involved somewhere along the line. And then Gary Lineker once where? And then Lee Hurst before he went mental. It used to be about 60 minutes, didn't it, that you could fit on a yeah. VHS? Yeah. Now, we only went into six minutes extra time last Saturday. Surely you could just put the whole match on. Yeah. And if we flogged them off as comedy... Yeah, yeah. I but this is it. I, I, rec- I reckon... For the club, and that's why I work in marketing. We could, we, could, we could release that, right? And we could just put sound effects over the top of it, like... And <laughs> when Callum Patterson gets it in the knackers by a free and kick, like, you know I mean? when he gets it, yeah, yeah, like Benny Hill. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> running after that, running after that Rotherham striker in the ninety seventh minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, anyway, Nance, let's uh, let's get out the silliness for a minute. I, I want to know your history. I want I want to know your story. You don't oh, have to call you Nance. I've I've plumped the Nance. Oh no, uh, everyone does it. Normally, like really it. quickly, so it's yeah, fine. I've done it. I've Call done him it. Danny, that'll annoy him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, so uh, let me, a bit, bit of history about myself. My name's Dan Fodger, I'm from Sheffield, and I'm dressed like JLS this evening. Um, <laughs> it's cold in my flat. So, um, Nancy, are, are you from Sheffield? Do you live there now? I mean, tell you know, what, what's what's the jive? Uh, I'm not, you can probably tell from my accent. Sadly. Yeah, that, that's what that's um, what made me think. Yeah, no, I am from Wiltshire originally, as you quickly picked up on a quick google um so yeah i grew up down there in southwest don't sound too much like a farmer though which i'm slightly glad about um and yeah i basically just moved to sheffield for work to work at the star um i kind of like gradually moved up the country for uni Mm -hmm. to do my training and stuff um so you got you got lumped with sheffield wednesday Essentially, um, I'm trying to get to get to the bottom is whether you thought, you know what, I'm going to write about this team. Uh, no. That might have sounded good. like a good idea six years ago, seven years well, ago. I, you know, I, well, right, I, um, so, yeah, I, well, I just there was a a gap on the sports desk, and it was on Wednesday rather than United. So um, yeah, got on with with Dom. I was like Dom's number two. Right. Oh, God. Yeah, and yeah, it's just gone from there, really. Like, I suppose once you sort of build up enough contacts and stuff, you just become like the Wednesday person or one of the Wednesday people covering the club. So, yeah. But, so, Jesus. If, if, if your job is to write about Wednesday and you, you, you didn't have a foundation as a, as a Sheffield Wednesday fan growing up, What's your affinity like to the club now, day to day? You know, we're we're, we're tarnished with a brush. We are, for whatever reason, different ages, different backgrounds. We're all Wednesday fans for a reason. How does it feel to have to write about the club day to day? It's weird. It's definitely like a hard balance to strike because I know that there are some things where like, I don't know, on occasion, I don't think Joey Pelopessi is that bad. And I'm aware that for a lot of people that pay 35 quid a game, you'd, you're absolutely raging when he's not that bad. It's things like that where I kind of think, okay, this is what I think, but actually, like, if I was... And I, I am invested because I want Wednesday to do well. Like, my God, I watch Wednesday more than I watch the team I support. So it's, you know, massively... So who's that down in cheese country? Is it like Yeovil or somebody? <laughs> um, Southampton, because they're pretty much the closest, apart from they're, maybe, like, Swindon. They're getting... Dumped right now by Manchester yeah. City. So I was just sitting there like, oh. yeah, I was going to say we've done you a favour tonight. Really. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that nine nil again the other week. I was like, got into the press box, and it's one of the only occasions where people take the Mickey out of me more than you know 
I can sit there and go, what do you think of that today or whatever on the cost of game? But, yeah, so um, it turns out you have terrible choice in football team. <laughs> so, uh, in, terms of, in terms of coming up to Sheffield then, and, and like Steve says, not being bestowed Sheffield Wednesday like we were, I mean, you've had it thrust upon you, to, to coin a phrase. Uh, you know, did you have much in, interaction with any other clubs? And how does our fan base and its interaction measure up against those those other jobs that you've done does that does that make sense because our fans are mental yeah um well i did a bit of so i did do a bit of both on wednesday and united when i was at the star um which was an interesting like balance sometimes to kind of switch between the two um i did a little bit of forest coverage i briefly lived in nottingham so um like most obvious differences i noticed with the wednesday fans it's quite um well, you swing quite far either way. Like when you win, it's it's fantastic and it's massive and you know, it's like everyone's mm. all in, everything's going the right way. And then when you lose it, it's like the end of the world. And and sometimes it really is the end of the world, because let's not beat about the bush, like it's been genuinely terrible lately. But like and you're all justifiably very angry about it, and I am too. But um other times you know, the, I think the difficulty in the championship is there are quite a lot of nothing games. Um, and sometimes like, and this is a discussion I'll have with my editor and they'll be like, right, we're going to analyze that. And what can you pick apart? And sometimes I'm like, to be honest, this was just a case of teams fulfilling a fixture. Like there wasn't anything particularly glamorous about this or, yeah. or whatever. But um, other than that, I mean, just like you are all in, I don't think anyone's like half a Wednesday fan. Or like just tune in sometimes. Like I've not yet encountered people like that, apart from maybe feeling a bit down at the moment. <laughs> we, <Yeah>. now. <laughs> we, we only, we only, we only talk in terms of playoff form or relegation. There's nothing. In, if we do yeah. well, playoff form, and then we lose a game. Oh no, we're going to get relegated. Yeah, that, that's kind of my takeaway so far. But yeah, yeah, lately maybe isn't the best way of like summarising it because I'm well aware that people are like justifiably switched off from it at the minute. That must have been a nightmare for the athletic because it is quite, it's like quite analytical like <laughs> articles and stuff. That must have been a nightmare doing them for about Wednesday since like start of 2020. Yeah, it's been, um, I don't know, I think I've written just about every way you can write about losing now. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's like that could, that, that's definitely the, sub, the subtitle for the, the season review, Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> Just about every different type of way to beat of losing. Absolutely that, yeah. So, um, mm. but yeah, so, sometimes it can be a challenge because they like us to do like eight hundred to a thousand words typically for um, a match piece. They're not like supposed to be about the match either, which is another challenge. So, um, but yeah, it, it can be hard sometimes. And again, sometimes that's where I'm mindful of not being a fan as such because. Um, I can be like focusing on one player or one really niggly little tactic. And quite often recently, I've just had to bin it off because it would feel totally wrong to put that out, knowing that, you know, the results have gone the way they have or, or whatever. So it can, it can sort of be a case of reading the room before you do something. Okay. So there was something you mentioned earlier that, that prompted me to ask you the question about what our fans are like, and it's about the scapegoating of Joey Pelopesi. Now, <laughs> now, I I have an opinion on this because, like Ben says, the athletics quite tactic based. So, I'm coming in at your tactics wise now. 
you know, this is this is a topic, you know, not often discussed on this show. We don't talk about news and we don't talk about tactics, but here I am talking to a journalist about tactics. Brace yourself. Now, <laughs> our centre midfield is usually Bannon and one other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, in in that dynamic, you should have one advanced and one one sweeping up behind. Now, do you feel, because I do, that Barry Bannon and the way he drops back and drops back and drops back, being that deep-lying playmaker, as it were, that makes the person next to him a, a little bit bereft of a job. It is in the way. And so that's not why, why we signed Joey Pelopesi, to, to go in front of Bannon, who is then going to start pinging 20-yard balls and do tight little triangles. And then what you find from a defensive perspective, and you see it all the time, is Bannon drop back, start pushing the left back over there and then push the center back there and then drop and then drop it into the defensive line. Geezer's five foot three. What's he going to do in that defensive line? You know what I mean? Tidy the lines up. Even do- I'm taller than Barry Bannon. <laughs> yeah. So do you not do you not find that the that Bannon wish our gaffers should be telling him to play behind the, the striker? I, I, I feel that we should be pushing him up the pitch further. Am I, I I'm, I'm wrong or, or am I are you you know is somebody seeing something that I'm not? Because I, I think that he's he's making whoever's in the midfield next to him redundant by trying to do both jobs. Yeah, I, I'd agree, definitely. Like, I think, I suppose, if there is a problem to be had with Barry Bannon, and it's probably quite a nice problem, is that, you know, he's absolutely 100% all in um, to the point where he probably tries to do too many jobs in one go. So, yeah, yeah it's, you know... and. <laughs> He does make those little challenges and he's like a little terrier. I would hate to play against him because I'm sure he's there all the time, like nipping at your heels. And I'd hate to be on the same side as him. Yeah. <laughs> More than going playing against him. Playing against Honestly, him, you just kick the little man. Kick, behind, kick wee Barry. <laughs> <laughs> being behind closed doors, you like when you're at the games now, or I'm at the games, you hear how much he's properly on people all the time because his voice is quite high-pitched and he shouts as well. And I... I would honestly, as well, yeah, hate to be honest team, hate to be against him, but hate to be honest team, just because he'd be on your case constantly. Um, but yeah, I'd, I think sometimes when he's playing alongside uh, Pelopesti, that definitely like has has a role to play. Like, I, I don't know if it's a, a trust thing or or what. Cause I feel like when he plays alongside Hutchinson, he definitely trusts him there more, and you see Bannon go up with that, or that's just comfort because they've played together a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. And I think sometimes him doing that does basically, yeah, make the other other central midfielder a bit redundant. And then you kind of, you know, it looks like he's had a bad game, but then you think, well, what, what mm. more can you do? Because Bannon's constantly there asking for the ball or making the challenge or whatever. And it's kind of, how would you impact the game again next to someone that's doing literally everything? But mm-hmm. I sometimes think it works better as a three because then in, in sentiment, just because then Bannon's a bit, is a bit more balanced. It's not just yeah. like all him on do one you, side. Do, but. do you feel that Bannon's had varying levels of influence on the team, dependent on the manager uh, that we've had since you've been there? Obviously, you know we we we've we've had certain peaks and troughs over the last sort of year to eighteen months. Obviously, where we've had Munkin, we had he who shall not be named from Newcastle in. We've had Thompson, we, we, we've had the Pulis sort of era, and now we've got more. How's it been sort of being in and around, you know, experiencing that sort of match day um, situation where Bannon's been in? Because we see we see it on the TV 
where you know you, you see him chasing around after people and, and whatnot. It's, it's very difficult to sort of ascertain the difference between the the level of influence he'd have dependent on the coach or the person that's you know that, that's running the team. Yeah, I mean, I think like I guess the first thing that strikes me about Bannon is like he, he's not a player that needs to be coddled. He's probably not a player that needs um, like his confidence building. I feel like he's probably quite a a steady player in that regard. And I think his influence in the dressing room probably stays the same regardless of, you know, who's in. Whereas I think if you look at someone like Tom Lees, that I get the impression, you know, confidence and leadership within the dressing room possibly played a part in, like when who's whoever's been in charge. Um, and then we'll not talk about sort of Hutchinson and Westwood and all of that stuff, but... You know, sometimes <laughs> I really want to talk about that. Do you know anything about it? I mean, why is it nice to piss off three different gaffers, the pair of them? One of them got binned out of the club, then came back, and then we all remember the mustache celebration. And we've yeah. had no real official comms on that one. Are you allowed to tell us about it? Um, I can tell you what I know, which is, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just tell me. I came, I started writing on Wednesday, literally just after uh, Yoss got sacked. Mm-hmm. So I'd sort of missed the first lot of that um, right. happening. But I was at the press conference where um, they were asking Sam about, like, did he think he was ever going to play for Wednesday again? Why did he do the celebration and stuff like that? And, like, he was – he's always very candid in press conferences. Like, he will absolutely answer your question, answer it well, um, to the point where, you know, you can almost see, like – uh, Trevor's twitching because he can justifiably like if I, if I was doing his job I'd be like oh my god please what are you going to say but um, that's just who Sam is and the way he talks to the media and stuff but um, yeah like he said he had no communication as to why that was and the same again with Monk um, what I know about really? so, so yeah. they, just, they just got dropped by two different separate managers two separate yeah. managers have dropped the same two players and neither of them know why. I think what, well, what I heard with regards to it happening under Monk, don't know about uh, Westwood, but w- with Hutchinson, I think whether this is true or not, um, it was basically down to Monk having concerns about Hutchinson's uh, injury record, mm-hmm. suspensions, etc. Bombing him out for that reason. And then I think probably from there, there was maybe just the perception that it he would almost look weak to bring him back in or like the point would be proven that he was always needed, that Hutchinson was, you know, always needed in the team. Um, But like I say that, you know, to be honest, unless you got to any one of those managers um, and they wouldn't be able to speak yet because they will have signed non-disclosure agreements. So, um, and likewise for the players, you know, until they retire, it's probably not beneficial to any of them no. to say why, because I think, and you do find this like when I interview people, sometimes they absolutely will not talk to you whilst they're still playing. And then the day they retire, it's like, right, I'm here, I can tell you everything I want well, to. Well, we found that with this show, if I'm honest, do you know what I mean? <laughs> trying yeah, trying yeah. to get hold of a player that's still playing is a nightmare. Um, yeah. Now, that's, you know, we've done you. <laughs> but what we're going to do we're going to, we're going to talk a bit more about Sheffield Wednesday and, well, can I just ask a question because you well, all keep putting me up and it's very relevant go on then go for Dan Fudge oh sorry Nancy. Nancy Nancy how do you feel being a woman involved in football because I think I've I've had quite a well documented 
absolute fucking meltdown recently um, over death threats yeah. and sexism and just overall shit. And Dan's bared the brunt of it on the phone, as has Steve, but that's helpful when you've got friends there to do that. But obviously you're doing that as a job. I, I can walk away from it and just kind of go, no, fuck off. Like Dan said, like, you're not getting paid for it. Log out. So what I did. Um, but like, you can't do that. And I'm pretty sure your app replies to every tweet you ever put out. There must be something in there that you just think, oh, fuck off. Like, how do you deal with that? How do you not just turn around and go, I'm not going to shag you, mate? <laughs> um, yeah, can that be your response from now on? <laughs> I'm just, uh, yeah, just quote. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. I guess um, I think I learn quite quickly uh, when it's worth fighting back or not. Because essentially, yeah, I can't really switch off, which is a problem, um, and is probably you know one of the least enjoyable parts of my job, to be honest. Because on my day off, the accounts drop, or you know, people will tweet me with questions or. Do I know about transfer rumours? And sometimes it's like, well, actually, I'm, you know, watching Grey's Anatomy and I don't really <laughs> care about... But I, I do care, but it's like, just not a priority in that moment for me. Um, and yeah, I do have like a few, but they're not eggs anymore, but like reply guys that are just reply to a lot of stuff. But generally speaking, I've been quite lucky and I don't get too much grief, but then I think that's because... I'm quite lucky with the, with the athletic in that we can put out quite a lot of balanced stuff or it's behind a paywall. So a lot of people, if I did suddenly put out a really controversial opinion, um, you know, Pelly Pessy for, for the Ballon d'Or or something, then, you know, um, a lot of people can't read it. So they're maybe not going to give me the grief. But um, yeah, sometimes, it, I mean, it's quite hard. Like there's a few other girls that, at work and... Um, I ring them or, or whatever if I need to. Um, and some of them are on like Liverpool or, you know, and they'll get reams and reams because they'll have like, you know, I've only got 5,000 followers, they've got like 50,000 or something. So it, it kind of amplifies it more. But um, but yeah, my mum gets a lot of grief. How do you how do you perceive it, Nancy? Because I, I know it's different for men as it is for women. I, don't, don't get me wrong. It, it really is. And I, I, I can disregard it as like a panto baddie you know stepping onto stage and everybody going woo if i start to walking up to all their eight-year-olds going that's not nice you stop that you know what i mean that that would be me replying to the trolls but that's me being a middle-aged white man on the internet you know what i mean that's that's my privilege as, as, as it were do you find it that the vitriol gets a lot deeper because you're a female i mean there's definitely been times where <laughs> you know where i've had like get back to the kitchen or you know stick to the ironing or whatever and um actually those ones probably hurt the least because I can just laugh at us off as ignorance or it's probably the stuff I was expecting to get when I came into journalism um it's stuff like I don't know like if there's been a really big story or we do something a bit more that's an investigation and you know there might be stuff in there that's not glowing about the club or, or whatever. Um, that can be a bit harder because it sort of catches you by surprise. It's the stuff where you just tweet it out and you really think it's like an innocuous comment or just a, a link to an article you spend a bit of time on. Yeah, yeah. 
and it can sort of hound you for days. So it's weird. It's weird when you get one follower and they are, they're they're constantly at you every. I always find that the weirdest yeah. when it's the same geezer just at you all day. And you're like, you know, it's Ricky Gervais who says, you know, it's like putting a a sign up in a shop saying free guitar lessons, taking that sign and knocking on the geezer door, going, I don't want fucking guitar lessons. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's that it's that same type of mentality. Like you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah, um, um, yeah. Dave, I hopefully it'll you change. Like, hopefully it'll change. Because I spoke to um, a girl called Harriet, who's a photographer down at the club at the moment. Oh, and she gets, yeah, she gets a lot of similar stuff uh, constantly. And there's there's one defining factor between the three of us. Um, I'm not asking to see it. I'm just saying that, we, you know, it's <laughs> there's something that we've all got in common. And that seems to be the major issue. But yeah, Dave, you're right. Yeah, we, we haven't spoke to you, Dave. Yeah, yeah. I just wondered if you're all right, pal. <laughs> I just... <laughs> yeah, you, you sound like a Dalit right now. I'm going to move swiftly on. So, uh, <laughs> now, now, Steve, go speaking. Do, do a speak. I, I do. I, I do. <laughs> one quick fanboy question. I know we're going to move on, but it's just it's pure interest. You, you, you've written a lot, obviously, with The Athletic and The Star previously about Wednesday. Um what one sort of journalistic piece, one article that you did that you were really proud of that, you know, that that you sort of look back on and go, shit, that was that was the one that I'm, I, I can sort of hang my hat on? That's, that's a good question. Um, you had a big one with the Wednesday, didn't you? Was it the sacking or the appointment of Pulis? Which one that you had uh, where, where you broke the news? It was when Monk went, yeah. I was probably going to say that, actually. And kind of, uh, I did like a bit of a long read afterwards on... What had gone wrong? Um, so yeah, probably that one. That really ruined my evening um, when that like got a text. And I, I tell you, run, run us through that, then, Nancy. Tell, tell you yeah. know, you sat watching Grey's Anatomy. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean. You're in the kitchen, or, according to most of the internet. You know what I mean. You, you sat there. You've got your PJs on. How does it yeah. come about that you found that out before anybody else? Well, um, I had a phone call. From Tony Pulis. <laughs> I, I wish he was. Um, I wish he was in my phone, but um, no, the guarded phone number of Tony Pulis. Um, no, I, I had a call and I was like, it's a bit weird. Better take this. Like, it's a funny time. But did you did you put that posh voice on that people pretend to do when they're clearly knackered? But you know they've got Bruh! hello. <laughs> it's like quick swig of a cup of tea or something, and you know, freshen up my vocal cords. And I was, um, yeah, so I was just. The person said, I think Monk's gone. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Why does this always, why do Wednesday, does Wednesday news always come out between like 9 and 11 p.m.? This yeah, is yeah. like the stuff. Pulis one as well. The Pulis one even later. It was half 10 yeah. at night or something. Called. It was a ridiculous hour. But that's when, that's when Chad series up and about, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And so um, we had to stand it up because that was only from one source. And like, you really need to double source stuff before you go unless you, you know, leave yourself open to looking a bit of a tool otherwise. I, I, um, I noticed that you went, I'm hearing reports of. Not, not this has happened. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I like oh, that you yeah. left that on the fence there. Um, but I love I the think... idea that your context, Dave Ponchanceri, because, you know, is it, <laughs> and it's phone here quick. Hello, is that Nancy? That's how we speak to him in real life. Yeah. Is that Nancy? Yeah, I've psyched him. I've psyched the bugger. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, DC. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, but that's 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 my impression today, Ponce and Siri, that yeah, that you're going to hear going forward. Uh, so uh, I thought I'd introduce a new character for you there and use, use that as an opportunity. 
a direct line to to DC is uh, yeah, that that would that would be interesting. Yeah. Really oh, good. God. I can imagine you you know listening to his um his press conference and stuff like that. There there isn't a sense of irony. So when people use things like examples or uh, a reference from the past, you end up getting a ten minute diatribe on it. So you know, imagine having a direct contact with DC and going, uh, "I'm bringing some yum yums from Greg's. Do you want one?" And he's going, bloody yum-yums. I don't know why you're asking me about yum-yums. It was, it was this one time I had yum-yums, and I'm always having a steak bake from Greg. You know I have a steak bake. I tried to have a steak bake, and somebody was telling me there used to be three for a pound, and that was back in the bloody 80s. That's how he speaks uh, in my head. Uh, that's that's the reason why the, the accounts are so late, because he was deciding... Yeah, he dec- <laughs> decided on, on steak bake or sausage, bean and cheese. Uh, <laughs> Nancy, <laughs> do you follow each son to see who we're going to sign next, or is that just us? Um, I do look, yeah. yeah. Isn't that just like, do you ever share that knowledge with colleagues and go, oh yeah, I know for a fact that we're going to sign Andre Green because uh, the Chancery's Chum- son oh, followed him three days ago, and do they go, what? Is this yeah. a professional football club you're working with? <laughs> I mean, sometimes, like, yeah, basically. Um, I will describe the you know, eccentric parts of, of covering Wednesday. And, and other clubs are equally mad and, you know, um, or more so. Um, others, you know, yeah, that that's a complete novelty too. Do them. you get any yeah. stories like that from any of the, of the other colleagues? Because that's a great question, that Vic. I love the idea of going, you'll never guess what's happened. <laughs> the, the chairman's son's just started following Lionel Messi. So I will see you later. <laughs> Big time coming for me, kids. What are you on about, Nance? Telling you, this is happening. You know what I mean? Do you ever get other ones like, uh, you know, the tea lady, you bung a 10 quid and she starts talking about Rangers out the back door. Like, You know what I mean? Do you, do you ever hear any other mental stories like that from any of your colleagues? Yeah, I mean, um, my colleague Ryan, who's on the Derby beat, he has it equally batshit, to be honest. Um, get a text message to him and ask him about this Eric Alonso story. That's really interesting. He rang me up earlier, yeah. <laughs> Because I, I, I got a message earlier from a, uh, a Derby Sending County. Sending the Zoom link now. <laughs> Get him on. Because I, t- I tell you what it is, there's this, there's this weird thing that we made this entire uh, narrative about Eric Alonso, about how DC is holding him back and he was the right guy for the job. Well, clearly it was just an agent pissed off that we didn't take any of his clients and he's tried to mug off the chairman outside in the social media. But we've all gone, bloody chance here, he got rid of bloody Kevin. Who's Eric Alonso? You know, who is he? We know nothing about him. Yeah, he's um, elusive. No, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, he's an agent slash, uh, I don't know, investor. Investor. Yeah, um, <laughs> and yeah, that was, I mean, we. I found out about it and did the story and then, you know, that caused a bit of an uproar or whatever interest um and then obviously we asked the chairman about it in the press conference and he was like no he's been involved for a year which wasn't my understanding but that's fine I mean we'll take yeah, his word for it. it it was weird um, wasn't it because it was like it was Paxau and and then he all of a sudden in one interview yeah he's been here ages this lad and we're like but he contradicted he himself though he, yeah he and then he said three months or something when... didn't he when Alonso left, and he contradicted himself over the time that he'd, he'd been at club, so yeah. I mean, it might have been like 
unofficial and then official or, you know. It's just a bloke who's hanging around the place hoping DC will drop some bloody money. Like, like I do uh, that Captain every Oz, night. Why do you think I'm looking around the trawler? Like, you know what I mean? That mine was a metaphor. You're actually looking for if he's dropped the dead. <laughs> <laughs> I just stand under his window like that. You know, like them, them old games where they used to drop eggs into a farmer's basket in our yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, Who's this again? Is this that Vic again? <laughs> uh, <laughs> have, you, have you got an opinion that you could share with us on how you feel that Chan Series has been advised? Yeah, I guess I can, yeah. Um, these are the questions that like I don't very often get asked and um, I probably won't write down too often just because. Yeah, we're going to give you 20 minutes editorial helpful. pieces now. Anything you want, anything, any opinion piece you want to do right now, get it out there. Listen, I've, I've not written them down either. I've got about 55 of them tonight. Seriously. I mean, um, off the top of my head, look, I think he obviously wasn't um, a football man prior to only Wednesday. It was and scrap was... metal, weren't it? I'm selling scrap metal. We're all in for a great. That's, that's what it was. Ow! That voice is going to haunt me. Telling you, it's my new character. I'm trying to shoe on it. It's not. It's so, not. The hey. last time there was a character on this podcast, right? He sang Nancy songs on YouTube. You are not bringing a character onto this podcast. I'm telling you, I'm DC. I like going to Greg's and I'm a scrap dealer. Right, go on, Nan. Sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to follow that now. Um, no, but like, look, when you, um, when you cross over from fan to someone working in football, you realise how absolutely mental football is as an industry. So, look, he could have been someone with five to ten years in, uh, with experience in, like, Indonesian football or something, and he could have still have come to the Championship and found that really hard because it is just mental and there are so many, like, weird nuances and, you know, keeping agents happy and stuff that are part of running a club, basically. Um Ultimately, though, yes, yeah, I think he probably could have been advised better. Sorry, that's my dishwasher finishing. I don't, I don't know if you can hear oh, that. Oh, you should be doing them by hand, woman. <laughs> Do you think keep, keep the trolls happy, yeah. yeah you, you can um, <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, um, I, yeah, I think, you know, he probably could have uh, could have had some better advice. Let's be honest, like, the club wouldn't necessarily be in the position that it's in if at some point along the line someone had said do not sign these players on crazy contracts or you know the way we're going FFP is going to be an issue in two to three years time and I don't see how that's not preventable because that's a thing that we can all see ourselves and you know I think it, listen, it, knowing him as you do would he have listened to that anyway yeah, that's the other thing. Also, you know, you can advise someone till you're blue in the face, but are they really inclined to take that in bo- on board? You know, um, I think he's very much a man of his own mind and for better I, or worse. I'm laughing because I just nearly that's... did the voice again. I'm telling you, it's the stars for us, kid. We're going straight. No, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I do... Um, I do believe that he genuinely cares for the club. Um, He's just shit at it. Just think, I just think (laughs) it's a very big, it's a very big ask of anyone. It's an even bigger ask when you don't live in the country and that's not his fault. It's just 
a reality. And when you don't have anyone on the ground doing the day-to-day stuff, things fall through the cracks or things get overlooked. And I think if you don't have a CEO or a director of football or any of those people, which I'm well aware is something that he doesn't want to do, and would probably remove some of his insight on things, then... You know, we're speculating, but they're trying to find a link between the reasons why he doesn't want a CEO, somebody on the ground floor, somebody that will be that sort of conduit between the day-to-day operational stuff versus, uh, you know, with him. Is that financial? And I know this sounds like, might sound like a silly question. Is it it a cost-cutting measure or is it just his pride? Um, Well, look, uh, the account's probably a good measure of how much a CEO costs. So, um, that showed that in the year just out, so that this would have been um, Catrienne Maya. I never quite know how to pronounce her surname. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so she left in the February, but um, she would have been presuming that the chairman doesn't take any wage from Wednesday, which I think is probably a fair assumption. Um, the highest paid director, she was the only other director listed at that time. Um, she got 131,000 for the, that accounting period. That was down from the year before. I think it was 200 and something, but it wasn't a massive drop. Did you ever get a sense of why she left? Um, no. Um, I, I have approached before um, to see if she'd do an interview, but I think for multiple reasons, it's just, um, again, typically... I get the impression someone... she felt a little bit uh, role was untenable that she had to run everything by DC. I, I get that impression. I think, I think the word she said to me was that she was exhausted. She was exhausted. I think there was a lot of hangover maybe for her from Charlton as well. Like mm-hmm. she, again, like social media abuse and stuff, you know, whether or not you think she did a good job at both clubs, it's kind of, when you've got all that piling on, you know, it, it's maybe not a surprise where multiple factors coming together, she decided to, to move on. But um but yeah, I think it, it may well have been down to needing to run a lot past, uh, past the chairman, but I, I don't know that for certain. So We've seen that as well with the um, the minutes from the supporters trust meeting that when Chan Series laid out the, the structure at the club, there is him and then there's seven or eight people, that being, I think, is one of them, Alistair Wilson, who was like head of ticket in or something like that. You've got a ticket in marketing, head of the academy, head of Wednesday in the community and stuff like that. Surely the as we've said, there should be a CEO, there should be somebody in between these seven or eight people. I think but I think these these people that you're mentioning though, Ben, are a lot more junior as well. So you have you've got DC box at the top, yeah. And then on this side right here is probably the the, the fleshed out bit, the one where you've got the um the football side of the business, the 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 coach, the manager, the, the the support staff here. Now, this infrastructure on this side will be, like you say, head of ticketing, uh, Braithwaite and Sons, they'll be in there, won't they? Head of... Um, <laughs> what are they? Braithwaite and Sons! 
You've got you've got them in charge of media, aren't you? And then you've got um, and and comms, and then you've got the guy who writes the rotors, who works behind the pasty shop. Do you know what I mean? If he wants to move the hendos from here to here, he's got to write an email to DC and get a, and get a reply at half past ten at night, which is not something that a chairman should be doing, surely, right? You know what I mean? Like, I want to put the endos wherever I bloody like. Well, well I'm telling you, it's staying there. <laughs> Wish I could mute you. Stick me, kid, to the top. <coughs> There's judgment. I had a coffin fit. Stay with us. Thanks a lot to Michael Constantine for uh, my Constantine Wealth Management for uh, <laughs> for sponsoring this nonsense. Uh, Nancy, Nancy, um, Shaw, Liam Shaw. Yes. Um, we. Uh, where do you sit on the fence with it? Where do you sit either side of the fence with him? I mean, me personally. Would you go and play for Celtic, finishing the first or second in the league every year, play your European football, or would you go and play for this shitstorm? I mean, I know where I'd go. Yeah, uh, this is one which I absolutely don't have splinters about either. I feel like I have have sat on the fence at various points. <laughs> but um, no, I uh, agree. Yeah, I wouldn't hang around. Um, and for multiple reasons, um, not just, you know, threat of League One and, and all of that that, that entails, but... Um, I imagine as a player, you know, there are certain burdens that come with playing with the club you love and the club you support. And sometimes that's probably like a brilliant problem to have. But other times I wonder if it it makes it easier to, I don't know, disconnect from that. Also, what is he, 19, 20? Like his mates or maybe his mates might be going off to uni, that sort of thing. Like this is a normal time when people move away from home. Away from the football side of things, like it's never a bad thing for a person of that age to just like find out who they are outside of football. Um, and it's not to say, you know, he might go to Celtic and never play, but also he could have stayed at Wednesday, do his ACL, end up getting sent on six loans. And then, you know, everyone goes, oh, do you want Billy? I'm sure. Yeah. Or equally, you know, he might win the Europa League with Celtic in two years time. And everyone's like, bloody hell, we've lost one there. It's, you know, it's, um, it's an opportunity that he, at this age, he, he cannot turn down. Even yeah. if when even, it's not, a, even I know it's obviously played a part, but it's not even a point of Wednesday going down and playing in League One. Even if we were finishing thirteenth, fourteenth in Championship, I'd still be going to Celtic. I rather, well, I mean, I pick Rangers, but you know, you, you make that move. You make that move for a team that's challenging for a title in the top flight of that um, that country with fans that there's going to be 40,000, 50,000 every week. You're going to be on a better wage. No brainer. You're playing with better players as well. He's going to, he's going to be learning from players that are playing for Scotland week in, week out. And whatever your thoughts are on Scotland as a national team, these are players that are playing in the top flight of the Premier League and, and in Scotland. I think the, the the ill feeling has come from the business that has been done around it rather than the decision has been, that has been made, hasn't it? That's that's the problem. Because a lot of the noises that have come out have been, well, when Chancery turns around and goes, well, we've not tied him down because six months ago, nobody knew, or whenever it was, nobody knew who he was. Or, I know you didn't do the voice there, Steve. <laughs> With this face, it doesn't match. Nobody's talking about him. What do you mean? Nobody was talking about Liam Shaw six months ago. 
but that, that's that's the point, isn't it? If, if yeah. you know, if if six months ago somebody had have got hold of him and then you know tied him down, and then he's decided that Celtic have come and decided, and you know, it's it's a different story there, isn't it? Whereas now it's bad business. We've not we've not secured a an academy prospect who's got the club at heart, going growing up as a lad. That that narrative is, uh, you know, it doesn't paint the right picture, does it? As a as a fan, when you're sitting there, it doesn't paint the right picture. No, I think there are a lot of perils in, like, obviously signing, say, twelve, like, nineteen-year-olds to long-term deals, but also, you know, nine times out of ten, they're not going to be on that higher wage um, anyway, and you probably know which ones are worth keeping or not by that point. So, you know, like. Origide, why is he in this position? Because, you know, we saw him play, yes, it was a very small group of games like um, last season, but you look at him and think he still has a bit of growing to do, probably. Like, I think he looks taller and slimmer now, like, than last year. So that's only going to, you know, probably strengthen his position as a defender. He had a lot more maturity, I think, in his game to develop. So, He's another one. And then, like, Liam Waldock was quite impressed with the what I saw of him when he came on. It was only, like, one game, and I've seen him a few times for the under-23s, but he looks quite a, like, tricky little, almost like Bannon-style player, admittedly, only seen a bit of him. But um, and I think he's out of contract as well. So it's just, like, it's almost insuring yourself against that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think the anger in that respect is... Is 100% right like it's just a bit hard it's obviously a career decision and I don't think with a bit of time anyone would begrudge him that but I understand that it's for some people like quite I don't know a kick in the teeth I suppose to see him go but. it's something that annoys me that we, we haven't managed to tie down Origidi and, and Liam Waldock being out of contract because these are players and I'm the same age as them, so you do take a bit of a notice. Like you, you play, played against some of them when we were like younger and stuff, so you, you like follow them a bit. And Liam Shaw were flying for under eighteen, from under sixteens upwards. He were always flying, scoring a lot of goals, which is what surprised me when we started playing him at centre back because he never played there like as a youth, but. That's either Chancery's fault for not listening to the academy manager who said this this lad's coming through and he's flying, or it's the academy manager's fault or manager at 18s or 23s that hasn't banged Chancery's door down and said, you need to, to pin him down to a contract because otherwise this is going to happen, what's happened. And I know it's a bit different with Origidi because he's come later on from after getting released from Wimbledon. And that's obviously different, but even so, we can be getting him tied down now, especially what we've seen happened with William Shaw. For me, I like Big O, and I think you're right. I think it. I, I think it's disgraceful that we're in this situation where he could end up leaving for no. I. I, I but however, I like the guy as well. I think can he, can he leave for nothing though? Because he's not an academy prospect. I, I don't know how it works. No, but the academy yeah, prospects will will get a, we'll an X amount yeah, for. Okay, yeah, yeah, but yeah, Big yeah. O, he'll just contract will run out, and then that'll be it. He'll go. it because he's not mm. one of ours. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. and I feel and I feel that League One is a long way beneath him. 
And for, for the player himself, I'm not surprised he's considering his options just to stay in the league because he is a championship quality defender. I mean, um, he's been linked to Leeds, which, given chance, you'd go and work for Bielsa, wouldn't you, as a 20-year-old? I, I don't know. I mean, they're everybody's second team, so, you know, everybody's involved in Leeds, you know what I mean, as, as, as talk sports to, to, to be believed. Um, does anybody have any last more questions for Nancy before I wrap this up and do the Dave Ponchan series voice again? Um, yeah, I'm going to go. Um, how do you see the rest of the season playing out? Um... <laughs> I think, honestly, I think it might be too much to ask them to stay up. Um, I, I can hear them. I can hear Twitter kicking off already. I can hear. I can hear that little noise flag. that the keyboard makes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just you know, get about that one. We, we we all succumbed to that about three months ago. I sincerely hope it's not the case, but um, sadly, having watched nearly every game this season, um, you know. You can almost log off when the opposition scores, so it's kind of. You can log off when we score, really. We do. Yeah, have you, uh, have you got a really good candy crush score? So many questions. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I think Darren Moore has gotten playing better already. Um, you know, it's a lot more coming out from the back. They're not just wasting goal kicks and or like you know turnovers when when it goes into Wildsmith. But um, but yeah. I... You know, they have shown good fights sometimes, like against Norwich last earlier in the season. I thought they were brilliant. So they might turn up on Sunday, but realistically, they've turned up on very few occasions. And so they're going to need to turn up for at least nine of 12, aren't they? I think. Um, yeah. does, it, does it feel different around the club now with more in? Does it feel, although the results aren't necessarily going right, there are, there are sort of mitigating circumstances, aren't there, in terms of, Bourne getting sent off. I don't think we were actually that bad against Reading before Bourne got sent off. Uh, yeah. The Rotherham game, I maintain, I don't, I don't think he's picked the team. I might be right or wrong. I think that that's just a legacy of you know the the the, the previous regime. But does it feel day to day that there's more of a, a sort of a positive sort of vibe around the place? I think so. Um, I think it's helped actually having that breather from Pulis as well in terms of. Thompson knowing them all, whether or not you thought he was the right man for the job, he pretty much just said to them, go and attack and do what you want, which sounds like quite different to what they were being asked, you know, before. Um, so, yeah, he seems to have brought a lot of positivity. From what I've heard, he's like apparently the nicest man in football as well. So, um, but capable of kind of, <laughs> hand, <laughs> capable of handing out, uh, you know, talking to at half time if needed. Um, so, you know, if if they go down, if they do go down and they keep him, not in a bad position, you know, in that case, because he's shown himself to be a good League One manager. It's just you then need his players or like the right good League One players. Group. Yeah, it, I think what I wanted to know, Nancy, like, does it affect you? Like, if we go down, like, does that hang over you as sort of a, oh, am I going to? still have a job next year reporting in League One? Am I going to, you know, it's it, it's stuff like, because I lost my job when they got relegated years ago. Well, no, it wasn't relegation. What was it? Money as well. But like, it doesn't just affect the club and whatever else. It affects the people around there and it affects, you know, but obviously Sheffield Wednesday are still going to 
pay the subscriptions, there's still going to be that big fan base there. So I guess it's not as worrying as it might be for a colleague of yours who is covering Yeovil or whatever. But <laughs> I does does it sort of hang over you as well? Do you kind of sit there thinking, fucking hell, lads, this is my job here. What are you doing? Sometimes, yeah, I do sit there and I think, um, you know, I'll be the first athletic writer to have a team drop into League One. Um, we've only been going two years, though, so, you know. Um, but, no, look, I mean there's a lot of things that will come into it and it's not a decision that I'll probably end up making. Um, but like, for sure, I don't think even if Wednesday go down and if I got moved on some someone else or like a slightly different thing, like, I don't know, women's football or something, I would still end up covering Wednesday because they're too big a club to, to not have some sort of coverage of. Um, and also, you know, we've got plenty of people that, that subscribe and, and read the content as it is. So, um also they might just go down and blitz the league and come back up and that's always a fun gives you something to write about then doesn't it yeah yeah Uh, we get more listeners the worse we do sometimes like we absolutely smashed it the Wembley season but then when we're terrible and I think people want to sit especially this year because people are at home on their own and they can't get to the pub after the match and moan with the friends they can sit and listen to Dan Fudge doing his stupid chancery impression and it kind of gets rid of it all doesn't it so we end up like winning from it really I felt yeah. really down then we did the Terry Curran one and it actually really cheered me up yeah talk, talking about them old days like you know what I mean I, I enjoy it now Nancy before we go um how's Dom is he all right <laughs> Dom yeah so I think you, awesome. he's still in touch yeah yeah he's still in touch oh, yeah 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 we were like we had a good little um duo going like we drive halfway each on away days and stuff so i really miss his company actually it was it's weird going from being in an office on a sports desk with two of you kind of sharing the pain and also sharing like big events and stuff um to just be in one and i work from home most of the time because we don't have a sheffield office or anything um so yeah I, I mean we still see him at games and obviously like alex and joe as well um which is great so like we've got a good and the guys at radio sheffield actually we've got a good little sort of band do you yeah. hate james marriott like do, does every part of you like <laughs> do you sit there at night and think he stole my man like, like a voodoo doll yeah well <laughs> i do it to him <laughs> I do it it's to so Dom long. about losing James, so you must feel the same the opposite way around. <laughs> um, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I've used the board out of sight. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Well, James had me on theirs once or twice when Dom was off. So, um, oh really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so that's amazing. That's that's not. Oh. Not completely, uh, completely cut out of the relationship there. But, well, okay. Um, well, yeah. Nancy, I'm going to ask you to come on here as many times as possible, uh, and I promise, if you, if you, if you agree to come on again, I will retire the comedy character that I've introduced this evening. <laughs> Got uh, to be done. Recording next week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you if you don't come back on, I'm gonna read the transcript of the entire supporters trust uh notes in my comedy <laughs> character. And you don't want that. Oh, you know what I mean? Nobody wants that. However, if you do want that, stay tuned to our uh our podcast feed because uh, James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Stay true to Dom and James. You don't want to listen to that. Uh, thanks a lot to Mike, Constantine Wealth Management. Nancy, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks to Ben, Vic, uh, Steve, and uh, Dave, who who we lost due to poor internet issues, who sound like a Dalek halfway through. So my apologies for the um, the sound issues to start with. Uh, don't forget, we're available on smart speakers and on Spotify, Spotify as well. Uh, you know, try and find us there and uh, join us next week for the interview with Nicholas Alexanderson. Thanks a lot. See you later. The Wednesday week. Grab a pint, get comfy, and enjoy the show. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points back of the net. Lubosh! Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.